This is Global Ambitions, your 15-minute window into the minds of localization and international go-to market experts. Discover how they respond to their biggest challenges. Here's today's host. Hi, my name is Stephanie Harris, and I'll be your host today for this episode of Global Ambitions. Our guest today is Bruno Herman, and he's a globalization and localization consultant. And our topic today is how to ensure, capture, and measure global content effectiveness. Bruno, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. So can you share with us a little bit about you and your experience in localization? Sure. I've been in the localization and globalization industry for 27 years now. So I started as a, as a linguist and as a project manager in the 1990s. And then I moved to the client side of the industry in 2001. I joined some very large organizations like uh, Compaq, HP, uh, Nielsen, and recently IQVIA. So during all these years, I was definitely leading globalization, localization programs from different perspectives. Sometimes I was more on the product management side. Sometimes I was more on the marketing management side. So that gave me a pretty good overview of the whole industry, uh, not just from one angle. Well, let's go ahead and then just jump straight into this topic. What is the biggest challenge that you've seen with clients, with the different folks you've talked with, as far as measuring and capturing that global content effectiveness? That's a great question. And I think that, you know, my my answer might be surprising, but I think the biggest issue that I've seen or the biggest challenge that I've seen is related to how people struggle to define what uh, global content effectiveness is, not just for themselves, but also for, you know, their clients. And it's difficult actually to capture and measure something that cannot be defined easily. And that's very important, actually, because global content effectiveness is about making sure that the content that is being localized and, and delivered to audiences or customers is going to create value. It depends on, on the type of uh, organization. It depends on the type of content. So global content effectiveness can be captured and measured from different perspectives. Hmm. Uh, there is no right or wrong. It all depends on the business objectives first. And also it depends on what the customer experiences are requiring to be delivered in terms of global content. So I think that really I've seen people facing some issues for themselves or for their teams, uh, trying to really understand and also define, uh, not just uh, describe, but really define what KPIs are going to be for global content effectiveness and to measure it properly. So that is probably the the starting (laughs) point rather than just rush immediately to the measurement. Right, right. So what have you seen that are some really useful KPIs? So you talked about how people often choose the wrong ones. Um, What are some of the right ones? That's right. Just to make sure that people understand what I mean by wrong ones, uh, I think that I've seen in a number of cases organizations using KPIs that were performance KPIs. Mm -hmm. So production and productivity KPIs. So millions of words, you know, speed, uh, life cycle management, etc. All that is very important. Don't get me wrong. It's very important to know right. how uh, how fast and, and how well 
localization teams are uh, producing and delivering content. But when it comes to global effectiveness, global content effectiveness, KPIs will be different. They will be closely tied to customer experiences. And, and of course, as you know, there is not one customer experience. There are many right. customer experiences. So when it comes to, for instance, fluency, uh, memorability, terminology, all these KPIs are related to how customers are actually experience, experiencing the content that is delivered to them in their language, in their market. Right. And, and this is really where global content effectiveness should be really leading people to. Some people might say, where should I start? I would say that the starting point and also the baseline from my perspective of global content effectiveness is to look at three groups of KPIs. KPIs related to linguistic effectiveness. Linguistic effectiveness, of course, you know, spelling, grammar, everything that makes some content right in, in various languages. That's something that probably is most obvious to many people. Then the second group of KPIs will be related to cultural effectiveness. Cultural and legal, of course, they go uh, hand in hand. And in that case, I would say that it's very important to measure, you know, depending on, on local standards, depending on local experiences, if the content is really perceived and received as valuable. So obviously, it's about the use of colors, it's about the use of images, it's about sometimes the, the, the tone of voice as well, which might be different. And then the last group or the last category of KPIs, which is for me equally important, is the functional effectiveness. Because now we are living in a digital world. Much content which is consumed today is consumed on or in applications and platforms. So it's very important to make sure that content that must be effective is also usable in different ecosystems and environments. Right. Probably the best example I could give is when uh, an application is localized, some companies are spending millions in translating and localizing the content properly, but then sometimes they, they launch the application with some great content in it, but actually the content doesn't work properly. So as a result of that, local customers cannot really appreciate and they cannot find the content that has been localized valuable because they cannot use it because the application doesn't work, for instance, uh, doesn't work in, in their operating system. So this is where I would say to people, please make sure that you start with these three groups of KPIs. Right. So I guess maybe the next question would be, now that you have these KPIs, how do you actually measure those? What are some of the things like the tangible advice you can give for, you can measure this type of KPI this way? So uh, it will depend on the type of content. Of course, I right. mentioned before the customer experiences, but the way content effectiveness will be measured is also uh, depending on the, the, well, the format and, and the type of content that we're talking about. If we talk about, let's take uh, two examples. Let's talk about marketing content first. So if we talk about banners, if we talk about product sheets, everything that is related to marketing effectiveness, then the KPIs will be closely related to how the content is delivered. The ease of use for this content, how the content appears on uh, search engines in different languages, how uh, actually banners are rated on platforms, on different platforms. So right. I would say fairly typical 
KPIs that marketeers are looking for. Uh, I think for localization team, it's very important then to work hand in hand with localization leaders to also make sure that if something is wrong, like for instance, the, the search engine positioning is not right in some languages, that altogether there is an investigation about why, what happened, what was wrong, or what was not done in the right way. So this is for marketing content, and there is quite a lot of marketing content. Right. If we talk about e-learning, e-training, that's a very different type of content. So Mm -hmm. e-learning and e-training is a big investment for many companies. So it's really essential that the global content effectiveness for these modules of training and, uh, and learning is measured also against the objectives of avoiding in-person training sessions, which might be quite expensive, or having to repeat training sessions. So in that case, it will be measured against, for instance, how well uh, the content from e-learning, in, for instance, in Chinese or in German, how well people remember the content. Right. Because if the content is well done, it's effective, they will remember it. If it's not effective, they will have to run the e-learning module several times. So, you know, it's never a good sign that people have to actually use the same module multiple times because it means that there is something that they they don't remember or they don't understand properly. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have uh, KPIs around memorability, learnability. That's a term that I like a lot because for learning modules or e-learning modules, the, the, the criteria of learnability is very important right. and, and how it is also perceived as, as different, differentiation. So how is, you know, a new learning module uh, really making a difference? Because you have so many, and people today, they have to use so many different modules that they have to expect sometimes that they, they got the best e-learning modules possible so that they save a lot of time and that the company producing the e-learning modules is also going to save a lot of time because it would mean that there will be less uh, calls to their call centers and there will be less questions put on the forums. So as I said, it's a big investment, but the return on investment has to be there for organizations producing e-learning. So you see mm. two different types of content, two yeah. different sets of, of KPIs, and, and just because of the nature of content. So behind, but I would say behind each category, you always mm-hmm. have the customer experience and what people are really expecting when they receive marketing content or when they are attending an online training. I think that all of us, we are multiple people. We Sometimes we are customers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we are not even customers. We are looking for something. So we are not customers yet. So we have multiple facets. We are a little bit like uh, those Russian dolls, you know, you open one and then you have another one and and so on. So I think that it's very important always to understand when it's marketing content, e-learning or other types of content, which experience is going to be created with that content at that time specifically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes a, a lot of sense. It sounds like depending on the content type, depending on, you know, the type of company, it's going to be very variable. But do you see any trends or tools that seem to be useful and upcoming, like across the board? Absolutely. That's a very good question. And I would say that um, probably the major trend, which is going on right now in the industry, but also beyond 
our localization industry is global content operations. So for many years, localization has been considered and managed sometimes in silos, sometimes in, in a fairly isolated way. And I see more and more organizations today really embracing localization as one part, but one important part of their global content operations. Mm. Uh, what I mean is that localization is definitely a very important part of each content lifecycle, but it's also very, a very important part of the content value chain. And the content value chain starts at the creation of content and it, it ends at the delivery of content. And during you know, the whole chain, during the whole value chain, you have a number of steps, creation, of course, there is design, development, testing, etc. Localization, same thing. In localization, you have multiple steps. So it's very important that effectiveness is measured throughout this value chain. And I see now more, many organizations willing, and not just the, the large size organizations, also the startups, they, they want to include localization in this value chain so that it becomes truly valuable and that they can include this also from a technology perspective, because you mentioned tools, also from a technology perspective in a localization ecosystem or what some companies call a content factory. Okay. Uh -huh. and, and I like the word actually content factory because a factory is where, you know, you, you have some pieces in the beginning of the chain and then you see a car going out at the end of the chain. And whether it's a content factory or it's a localization ecosystem, then there are tools that will actually facilitate the measurement of global content effectiveness because, of course, some TMS and some CAT tools are not enough to measure that. So there are some tools, I would say some major translation management systems that are including those modules and then those modules will be included in the content factory or in the, in the localization ecosystem. So I would say this is the trend that people in charge of localization management and effectiveness and global content effectiveness should be looking at because the fact that global content operations uh, is becoming important is not really new, mm -hmm. but it's becoming really sensitive. And, and I would say it's part of now many roadmaps and blueprints when it comes to content strategies. A number of people don't look anymore at bits and pieces altogether. They look at the big picture and they make sure that right. you know localization, just like design, just like delivery, are all part of this value chain. Mm -hmm. Okay. Time has just flown by. But um, if someone is interested in this subject and wants to dig a little bit deeper, I know that Bruno always puts out very, very interesting stuff. So I'm sure he's happy to connect with you on LinkedIn if you want to reach out to him um, and just follow him there as well. Thank you so much for coming on and recording this episode with us, Bruno. It has been very fascinating and enlightening. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to Global Ambitions. Subscribe at globalambitions.net or wherever you get your podcasts.